So I think the most important thing is recognizing that this is happening and your interest will begin accruing in September and sometime in October, your first payment will be due. You will be communicated to at least 21 days prior. So I would say my second thing is make sure you have contacted your loan servicer and you know who that is. They have your up-to-date contact information and anything practical. Hey, welcome back to the Community Conversation presented by Community America Credit Union. I'm your host today, Justin Rickliff's friend and partner of Community America. And we have a fourth, the, the fourth time on the podcast, a guest, um, Carly Scholl. Carly, reintroduce yourself to those of um, to those listeners who haven't heard you yet or need a reminder. Yay. Hi, Justin. Yes, I am back again. I'm the college planner at Community America Credit Union. Been a part of this program for six and a half years, and our goal is to help members through the college admissions and financial aid process with hopefully, them reaching their education goals with the least amount of debt as possible. I love that. Thanks for the reminder, and it's a good segue in today's conversation. So speaking of debt mm-hmm. uh, and student loans, there's been quite the buzz in the um, just in, in general, there's been lots of conversation and, and updates about student loans, about repayments, about um, student debt relief programs, and Without clarity and helpful advice, which you're going to offer today, <laughs> um, it's it's a confusing thing. We don't know maybe which way's up. Um, do do my loans start accruing interest this fall? Do they not? Do I have to repay them? Is it all forgiven? And, and as people gear up for what's coming back at them and us in October, we want to be helpful today in this conversation to first help folks understand what's happened. How did we get to this point? What specifically uh, were the events that led to this? How to prepare for the reintroduction of payments in October? And then maybe most importantly, who to contact if they have questions and and need assistance? Because it has been um, quite the confusing journey. Mm-hmm. Would that be mm-hmm. fair to say? Yes. <laughs> yes. And along with my members, I'm learning as well. Um, but to recap how we got to this point, and there are a couple different situations going on with um, federal student loans. So the one um, that we're dealing with, with loans becoming um, due this fall, that has to do with um, starting in the spring of 2020 related to COVID um, and national health crises. The administration signed an executive order to move federal student loans to 0% interest. And over the years, those were deferred. And then as part of the recent debt ceiling um, increase, the administration had to agree not to postpone the uh, repayments anymore. And so those are going to become due this fall. And we'll talk more about that in a second. Separately, we also have um, Biden's executive order from last year that was the loan forgiveness for up to $20,000 for Pell Grant recipients, 10000 for all other applicants who met the income threshold. That order was denied and overturned by the Supreme Court in July or, you know, earlier this month. And um, it was a 6-3 conservative majority decision making that um, decision. And so... That is not going to be happening. However, the Biden administration has said that they are working to launch a new debt relief program that will replace some income 
driven repayment plans. Again, we can talk more about those. But that new program, unlike the executive order that he signed last summer, would follow the legal process for review Hmm. and editing. And so there hasn't necessarily been a timeline announced, but they are working on something that will reach as many borrowers as possible and still have some loan forgiveness piece in that. That's uh, quite wise and helpful, <laughs> and and I think um, deserves to be unpacked a bit. So, in that first bucket of of explanation, is, is it fair to say that since spring of 2020, interest rates have been at zero and federal loan payments have been deferred up until this c- yes. current October? Yes, okay. and so for three and a half years, all federal loans have been at zero percent. And um, a very few number of people have actually made payments during this time. I read as high as 18%, um, but Mm. yeah, like one in five people were still making payments during this time, um, which means a lot of people are going to be going back into repayment in in October who have not had this in their budget for the last three plus years. Right. Yep. That's helpful. And then secondarily, the conversation around the student loan forgiveness of up to 20K for Pell Grant and up to 10K for all other applicants. There was lots of buzz and conversation Mm -hmm. about that possibly happening. And if I'm understanding you correctly, that has now been reversed and overturned and is not the case. Correct. That is not happening. Um, And the current administration has said that they will look at other avenues for loan forgiveness, but that it will follow the legal process. Um, which is what the executive order has claimed not to have done by um, last summer. Okay, cool. And and I thought those were the answers and what you said. I just, I wanted to kind of separate the two to paint the picture for members that are in this situation. They may be having students that are currently in college or, Mm -hmm. or, or paying their own student loans back for five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years in some cases. And, and to, to your point, for three and a half years, this not being a monthly mm-hmm. part of their budget or rhythm, mm-hmm. and then separately maybe anticipating or hoping that there might be a, a, a forgiveness option. Yes. And now both of those are um, change, not not changing, but the reality is coming back in October. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. it's interesting to um, make sure we're we're painting that picture. Yes, for and folks. you know, I spoke with members last year who were saying, "Well, I'm going to take." student loans because it might get forgiven. And, you know, it, it felt really like there was a chance last year. And so people were making decisions around loans, um, hoping that they would get dismissed. And then we have people who have graduated from college in the last three and a half years who have never had to pay on their loans because of this zero percent pause. Right. Cool. OK, that's helpful. And I think provides the right and, and necessary backdrop for the rest of the conversation. Um so what can members start to expect? Let's call it, I mean, we've talked about October, but let's let's call it even September 1. Mm-hmm. I think there's some, some key pieces that start, the yes. dominoes start falling on September 1st. Yes, because interest starts be, uh, start starts accruing in September. So loans won't be due until October, but the interest begins accruing. You will be communicated with through your loan servicer. So I really think the most important thing for individuals is to make sure their contact information is up to date with their loan servicer. They will be communicated at least 21 days before any payment is due, but you want to log in, identify who your servicer is, know what amount you have to pay off, um, when you're, you know, what is your monthly payment going to be, um, 
And so all your contact in- information on both the federal website, like where they log in to like file a FAFSA or, um, you know, they look for their answers to their federal loans, but also on their loan servicers website. And so if you don't know what your loan servicer is, if you um, can log into your federal site, if you have your FSA ID, you can log in and under the My Loan Servicers tab, you can see who your servicer is. And then um, you would want to contact them to make sure your information is all up to date. Got it. Does, and forgive me if this is a silly question, does the 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 accrued interest beginning on September 1, is it retroactive to March of 2020? Or is it a, does, does that period of time, mm-hmm. in essence, act like it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Does that make does yes, my question make sense? It does. And that is what is so powerful about the last three and a half years is because it the they literally paused. And so no interest will be applied retroact- retroactively. And whatever your interest rate was when you went into the deferment pause, uh, that's what it will be coming out in September. And, you know, for someone who has been out of school for many years, they may not remember what that interest rate right. is, but you can find that out when you log in and, um, you know, find out your principal balance plus also what you owe. You'll be able to see what your interest rate is too. Got it. And then one other question that might be helpful for members is there differences in these applications of the interest on subsidized versus unsubsidized? So, the in, the difference between subsidized and unsubsidized loans is mostly when they are in school. Well, it is when they are in school. And so when a student is enrolled at least half time with a subsidized loan, they accrue 0%. So let's say they have an, a subsidized loan as an undergrad, and then they graduate and they're out for a year. Six months after they graduate, that subsidized loan starts accruing interest. But then they go back into grad school and they are enrolled at least half time, that subsidized loan will go back into a 0% loan. So for the life of the loan, whenever the student is enrolled, it's 0%. Unsubsidized loans from the point of disbursement accrue interest. But both loans are set annually. um, So when that subsidized loan does accrue interest, it's accruing interest at the same interest rate as the unsubsidized loan. And both can be deferred while the student's enrolled. Um, It's just that when the student's enrolled, the subsidized piece is 0%. So it's really like the last three and a half years, everyone's had subsidized loans with or without being enrolled in school. Right. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Give us the distinction between what happened or or graduates that were pre-May 2023 Mm -hmm. and and after. So um, in terms of repayment options beginning in October? So for anyone who has been out of school at least six months, their loans are going to come due this fall. If you graduated in May, so if you you know were a traditional spring grad, you have a six-month grace period. And that's, that's normal for all um, federal loans. And so those loans will become due, it's usually around November, but whatever your six-month date is from graduation, so you also, you know, sometime later this fall, will need to make plans to pay loans. So you want to be doing the same things in terms of looking at your loan servicer and setting up your auto payment. And that's another thing, Justin, that when you're setting up your contact information, make sure you set up your auto payment or re-enroll in it if you were using it before. Um, maybe you've changed banks and you want to have all that information set up because it, it ultimately is your responsibility as a borrower. 
Yeah, and and your that your comment made me think like, oh man, I imagine in March of 2020 that once that automatic payment got they they literally shut it off and went into their bank. That is not necessarily going to correct just auto start again in October (laughs) yes and so yes it will not automatically start it's on you you need to go in um and whether you use it or not that's up to you but if you had used it in the past and you were relying on that you want to make sure it's set up accurately what's the risk if members that have student loans don't start paying again in October what's that risk so in normally, you have so many days of missed payments before your loan goes into default, and then you have so many days and it goes into delinquency, and it can lead to bad things like wage garnishment and trouble. There is supposed to be a what they're calling an on-ramp program for this first year, and so that is for people who were in default at the time of the pause to get back into the good graces of you know their loan servicer. Um, it's giving them a year to get their finances figured out. Um, there are, is another repayment plan also that is supposed to be able to help people save money. Hmm. And it's called the SAVE, S-A-V-E, um, SAVE Repayment Plan. It's replacing the existent, existing repay plan. If you were enrolled in the repay plan, it's just automatically moving you to the SAVE plan. If you weren't enrolled in the repay plan, you can sign up for it now. It doesn't kick in until next summer um, because they're still working out things you know, sure. <laughs> along the way. But um, yeah, there are real consequences if you don't make your payments. And so you need to be talking with your loan servicer. If you need help beyond your loan servicer, we have support at Community America. I mean, my role is to help members discuss their options and help them understand how they got to this place. Um, but then we also, I have colleagues, our well-being coaches who work on the budget piece and they help families um, and members identify, you know, what are your priorities? What are your monthly expenses? And what are you bringing in? And how do we cover everything? So many good things there. And and uh, as we think about the kind of the practical and the how, as this this is coming, whether it's it's happening mm-hmm. in October. Mm-hmm. And the you've been super helpful in understanding how to contact your loan servicer, logging into your FAFSA account, um, making sure the loan servicer is the same, that that, that company hasn't changed. I mean, I think there's and lots. And that could have happened. I'm glad sure. you brought that up. because. The federal loan, the federal uh, government changes loan servicers. And so currently, I think we have like eight or nine servicers, but it's been different servicers in the past. And so it Hmm. definitely could have, your loan definitely could have changed in that time. Would it be a decent time to also kind of reevaluate or or at least look at the total amount of debt now again, like to look at the loan itself? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Look, um, because. If you were a recent grad, then you would have been put on a standard repayment plan, which is 10 years. If you had been paying in an income-driven repayment option, which there are several different types of income-driven repayment options, um, you could have been paying, you know, you may be on a 20 or 25-year path. And so reevaluating, because maybe you need a different repayment plan now, maybe financially things are better for you and you can get out of that income-driven one and get it paid off in 10 years, or maybe 
things are worse now and COVID was part of that and you need to be in one of the income repayment options that lowers your monthly payment and allows you to make your monthly payment. You know, if you're familiar with loans, then um, usually when you pay less each month, it just Prolongs the, yeah, yeah, prolongs the life, the life of, of the loan. Sure. Um, so you pay back more over the life of the loan. But if you're able to make the payments, you stay out of default. Yeah, makes total sense. And and, and as you and, and others on this podcast have has, have encouraged at, in, at every stage and in every financial situation, this is a good time. And it's not a bad word. It's a good time to have a budget. <laughs> it's a good time yes. to understand where your money is going. It's a good time to understand, hey, things are going to um, change again in October. And we're making these payments and what what then has to give or change or increase mm-hmm. from an income standpoint. Um, how, how do you how would you help members with that conversation? So our well-being coaches will actually help them create a budget. And you know, I would working with these colleagues, they're incredible people. And so I feel that if I were in a member's shoes having to go in and talk to someone about a sensitive topic, you know, budgeting, um, maybe you've had some money issues in the past and you're embarrassed or you're scared, you don't really want to face it. That's one thing I would say, just from my experience in this role, is you have to face it because it just, the interests at some points, it will capitalize, which means it becomes part of your original balance. And then you earn interest on interest, and it doesn't go away. Mm. Um, and it's devastating. And so these are great, very mm. nice, kind people. You know, you'll be safe with them and have, have a safe conversation. And so I think just talking to someone and getting it out on mm. paper and seeing really what you need. Um, per month and having an honest conversation with yourself, but then with someone who can help you identify priorities. And and part of that um, comes up when you're talking about budget. I think something that we talk about sometimes too is refinancing and where can we save money. But I do want to make it clear to the listeners is that we as an organization and I as an individual professional do not recommend that people refinance out of the federal umbrella. If nothing else, what we just experienced in this last year that they're is potentially a possibility of forgiveness. Hmm. You know, before 2020 or before, excuse me, last summer, I would have never dreamed that interest or that loans would have been forgiven. And so now who knows what, you know, will happen in the next, in the future. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so um, usually the federal rate is better than what you can find refinancing in the private sector. And there are just more Hmm. safety nets in place. And so we do not want our members with federal loans to refinance. We just want them to keep them in the federal umbrella, but we can definitely help them. Love that. Um, there are a few other member questions yeah. for you. Okay. So are you ready? Bring it. The FAQ section of the podcast. Um, can wages be garnished if said member or family member <laughs> doesn't repay on October 1st? Well, so wages wouldn't be garnished immediately on October 1st, but yes. Wages can be garnished. Um, that's just part of the the process of getting your loan into default, and then um, it goes into delinquent. It's you know delinquent after that, and yes, they will start withholding funds from tax refunds and other places. And so these do these loans do not go away unless someone like 
waves their magical wand like what happened last (laughs) summer and says, I'm going to forgive them. And even when you hear about loan forgiveness with federal loans, because there are some loan forgiveness programs for like, we got the public service loan forgiveness, we've got teacher loan forgiveness. Even with those loan forgiveness programs, people have to make payments for 120 months. So they still have to make 10 years of payments before your loan is forgiven. It doesn't just get forgiven. And so you you need to plan on making these payments. That's why I say you just can't pretend that they're not there because yeah. they, they'll interfere with your plans. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And and that, that word garnish feels like a big, heavy, intimidating, scary mm-hmm. word. And it is mm-hmm. to a degree. And, and so the, the intent is not to f- make people feel afraid. It is to communicate the seriousness and yeah. the responsibility. And I love the word that you chose to use earlier, that it's the responsibility mm-hmm. to Make a plan to begin paying these again in October. Mm-hmm. Okay, question two. Um, are there different repayment plans? And you and you kind of walked through a few, but the specific question is, um, yeah, are there different repayment plans? So there, the standard one is what everyone is automatically put on, and it sets up your loan repayment so that it is paid off in 10 years. If you cannot make that monthly payment, then there are other options. There are called income-driven repayment options, and there are a lot of them, and it depends on just, you know, your situation, the amount of loan that you have um, when you go into it, um, and they will work, your loan servicer will work with you to identify the best income-driven repayment for you. Um, and that save one that I mentioned earlier, that that new one that will be coming on, that will be one of the income-driven options. Um, it is supposed to increase the um, minimum income so that more people are eligible for it, while at the same time decreasing the amount that they owe monthly. And so I have worked with members who hmm. are, quote unquote, required to make a zero payment. And so back to that 120 hmm. payment, you know, uh, 120 months of required payments, if you're on an income driven repayment plan and you're your loan is spread out over 20 years, you could be required to make zero payments. And if if you're making zero payment, but that's your requirement, you're fulfilling that. Your obligation. Yeah. yeah. And so that is counting towards your 20 years. And then after your 20 or 25 years, the balance is forgiven. Awesome. That's helpful. Okay. Last one. Um, this member is asking a question around, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Things aren't great. Um, what do I do? Uh, Okay, so the first place people always need to go to is their loan servicer. They need to talk to their loan servicer, find out if it's just a matter of getting into a different loan repayment plan, because there are several they can choose from. Um, Beyond that, there, you know, they could talk to our, they could talk to me, they could talk to our well-being coaches. Um, we can talk to them about budget and making sure that they are truly in trouble um, and it's not something that can be fixed because I've worked with members hmm. who were attending schools that closed and so they actually qualified for hmm. loan discharge because they were attending a school that closed while they were there. Hmm. So you you want to talk to your resources to make sure that you're not missing out on one of those programs. But um, there is a... a um, I personally haven't used, like, spoken to them, but I use their website. It's the Institute for uh, Student – it's TISLA. Um, 
and they are a free advice for um, student loans. Hmm. And they, uh, let's see, the Institute for Student Loan Advisors. So they're um, another resource that I use when, in addition to just the federal student aid website, um, they answer a lot of questions. And then they have just more experience with those difficult situations than I have um, working with members. Most of my members' issues are just, you know, darn, I got to go back into repayment sure, now, you know, sure. and I want to make sure I'm in the right re- repayment plan. Um, so I recommend that in addition to their student loan servicer, you know, they can talk to TISLA, the um, advisors, to find out what other resources can they have. And unfortunately, a lot of they're really, a lot of the time is they just have to pay it back and they're going to have to make major sacrifices until they get out of that debt. Yeah. And what you didn't say in any of those options was ignore it, pay, don't pay attention, <laughs> no. hope it goes away. Yeah, <laughs> like no, that, that was not your advice. Your advice was <laughs> no. reach out, pay attention, mm-hmm. it's coming, mm-hmm. ask for help, call a call you, call a well-being coach, visit the website, visit the resources, call FAFSA. <laughs> like yeah. the, the, the answer is um, – reality is changing mm-hmm. again in October mm-hmm. and to address that and and not ignore it mm-hmm. seems um, you did not suggest any of those other answers. Yeah, it will <laughs> only get worse if you ignore yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We covered a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. Um, thanks for sharing. I know it's a complicated, I mean, it's, it's like this interesting, very simple, straightforward topic and one that has lots of complexity and, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, three and a half years of nuance to it. And so thank mm-hmm. you for walking us through it. Um, as members, as, as we send them back on their way for their day, um, how would you summarize this conversation and maybe three key takeaways? So I think the most important thing is recognizing that this is happening and your interest will be begin accruing in September and sometime in October, your first payment will be due. You will be communicated to at least 21 days prior. So I would say my second thing is make sure you have contacted your loan servicer and you know who that is. They have your up-to-date contact information and anything practical like your Hmm. auto payment. If you use auto payment, make sure it's the same bank account as it was three and a half years ago. Um, This is not going to get paused again. And so... It is your responsibility as a borrower. I, I, I hate like pointing this out because um, I love my members, and you know this has been a difficult three and a half years with COVID thrown in there. Um, but when you sign your student loans and you you check the box that says I'm going to repay these loans, I'm going to use them for education, like you are taking on the responsibility, and so you do need to recognize that it's happening and then take the responsibility to make sure that you're prepared come then. And if you have trouble, then my third point would be reach out for help. Talk to your loan servicer. um, Talk to me. My services are free and I truly love my job and I want to help people. I love education. I don't love the debt that is tied with education. um, So I'm happy to navigate this with anyone. Talk to your people. So I deal with this every day. It is like I live and breathe <laughs> education. And in the summer, I live and breathe student loans. And um, so, yeah, for me, I'm I'm following what's going on. But if your crew isn't following, like talk to them and make mm. sure everyone knows, hey, student loans are coming due. And if someone shares with you that they 
are you know nervous about having to go repay them, point them in my direction. I'm happy to help with them. And um, for the members who need help with budgeting, we've also got our well-being coaches, and they're fantastic. Um, they can help them create a plan. I love that. How do people get in contact with you? So my um, email is the best way to get a hold of me. It's ksholl, K for Carly, S-C-H-O-L-L at C-A-C-U dot com. Or you can always call me, 913-905-8185. Leave me a message because I am likely not at my desk. <laughs> um, I We have... Over 30 branches. Gosh, we probably have over 35 branches now, and I'm the only college planner. So I'm all over the place, but I will follow up with you. I, I promise. Love I love it. Carly, as always, you were an immense help to the listeners and to members, and um, grateful for you kind of untangling a complicated topic and making it straightforward, easy to understand, and, and also encouraging. And so thanks, uh, thanks again for being with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. I look forward to the next time. Thank uh, you, Justin. You bet. And to our awesome listeners of the community conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Um, And remember Carly's advice, know what's coming, contact your servicer. And if you're in question at all, reach out to her or others for help. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you guys the next time. Take care.